You're listening to New Mexico's only mixed martial arts and boxing podcast, The Low Blow, on AdamCombatSports.com and Fight Fans Radio. This is episode 171 of The Low Blow on Fight Fans Radio, SouthwestFight.com and USCombatSports.com. I am Justin Goodrum. I'm once again writing solo this week. Jorge's away on business, but he will be back next week and we'll be back live on Spreaker Radio and on Fight Fans Radio. On today's show, I just want to give my thoughts on the uh, weekend's action that we just saw. Um, Holly Holm victorious in her last bout, the UFC adding a women's strawweight division, and previewing the UFC on Fox card coming up this Saturday. Also, um, at the time of this recording, it is 10.06 Mountain Time, um, December 13th, 2013. We're a couple hours away from the George St. Pierre conference call. Um, I'll do a little bit of this discussion, speculative analysis as to what what will that announcement be already if you're reading on Twitter or if you're on any other social media site. Um, speculation is running rampant as to what George St. Pierre is going to say um, to the, his fans and to the overall MMA public. Um, he has a conference call and then he has a press conference right after uh, many speculating on his retirement. But once again, you can get in touch with the Low Blow on YouTube. Of course, youtube.com forward slash Low Blow 505. We'll read your comments. We'll, uh, we always check that down. We have interviews with the best combat sports personalities. Um, at the end of this podcast, we're going to have two interviews from our YouTube page. Eris Lani Lard, who is victorious over Austin Trout. And also we'll have an interview with Victor Ortiz as well on our <clears throat> Excuse me, at the end of this podcast, and it's also on our YouTube page, so please go check that out. Um, next week, we'll discuss Jorge's trip to Brooklyn and all of the fallout from the Palomar-Naji, Zav Judah fight, and also Ursula and Lara, of course, getting the victory over Austin Trout. We'll discuss that all with Jorge Hernandez next week. So I guess uh, the most impending MMA news is George St. Pierre's retirement announcement. It really has been a lot of analysis. Um... The latest comes from a press conference for this weekend's USC on Fox card. Um, Dana White stating that George St. Pierre and him had a little bit of a discussion um, yesterday um, concerning his career. We really don't know how it went. Um, we read on Twitter, I guess it went well, but we don't really have a solid answer as to what George, what George St. Pierre is going to announce. And to me, um, my honest opinion is that the fighting any combat sport, you can't really buy anybody's retirement. I mean, we've seen this on numerous combat sports, whether it's pro wrestling, whether it's boxing, MMA. You can't really take any of these retirements too seriously. I just think George St. Pierre needs a break. And personally, in my opinion, it would be best for him kind of to just yeah, take a prolonged vacation and vacate the title um, and then go from there. Um, can I be out of sight, out of mind? kind of disappear from the public spotlight. And then, you know, a year later, if he wants to fight, he can come back or he can just announce his formal retirement, one of the two. I think George St. Pierre is a competitor. Um, I think George St. Pierre has been at this for a long time, and I think he's kind of burnt out. And, I, you know, we can't, we can't really blame him. So 
I don't want to comment too much. Um, once again, we're about two hours away. We really don't know what George St. Pierre is going to even say at this point. But if it is his retirement, he's had a fantastic career. Um, in terms of his critics, I think this does look bad <laughs> for Johnny Hendricks. Um, but at the same time, I think George St. Pierre's earned that right to determine, you know, how to, how he ends his career. Um, he's earned that with his uh, multiple title reigns and the men he's defeated his entire career, and he doesn't really owe anybody anything, even though it might look bad for Johnny Hendricks. Um, I understand Johnny Hendricks' frustration. I scored a fight for Johnny. I like Johnny Hendricks a lot as a fighter, so this is not like a pro-George St. Pierre speech at the same time. It's ultimately George St. Pierre's decision, and Dana White has a good point. You know, when you're talking retirement, it's time for you to go. And I think with George St. Pierre, if he's thinking about retirement, and he really wants to go through it. That's his decision he has to make. No one else's. So we'll have to see what happens there. Coming up in a couple of hours. And I'm sure by the time you hear this podcast, we'll know the resolution. And we'll discuss the fallout on next week's show. Invicta FC7 took place over this weekend. And my, oh my, <laughs> the effort I, it took for me to watch the show was incredible. Um, the fights themselves were pretty good. A lot of unanimous decisions. Um, kind of a lot of... Weird awkwardness um, from Miriam Nakamoto's, you know, ACL injury, um, losing to Lauren Murphy in the fourth round. I thought that fight, really, if he played out of the way, was going to be a back-and-forth battle. But unfortunately, Nakamoto got hurt from a Lauren Murphy takedown. So Lauren Murphy becomes the initial Bantamweight titleist. And unfortunately for Miriam Nakamoto, she's back on the shelf. There's speculation that maybe she's going to sign a UFC deal after this fight. So... Truly, truly terrible. Um, interesting enough, as I'll discuss later on, especially the Atisha Torres fight versus Felice Helrig, um, Duran Calderwood, um, her fight, her getting her victory, really this card had a lot of implications um, towards the future of Invicta's strawweight division and really the UFC. Um, so it was very interesting to see you know, what happened with the UFC a couple of days ago and an Invicta card happening this Saturday. But overall... Um, just in terms of how the pay-per-view went off, um, the main event is the, really the only fight I saw in, in its entirety without any interruptions. Barb Hornshack defeating Leslie Smith uh, by unanimous decision to retain the flyweight title. Um, to me, this pay-per-view was a mess on a technological side. Um, I'm sure other MMA journalists have documented the same problems. Um, really, just a struggle just to watch the show on its website, um, having to refresh the page, the pay-per-view didn't start on time, multiple complaints, then they take down their paywall and make the pay-per-view free. Um, it's just truly unfortunate. And really, it just, you have to wonder with Invicta, its future overall. I mean, you have to take into consideration, number one, all the technological problems, all the refunds you have to get out, and then the UFC, over this past year and a half, they've taken your Bantamweight division, end up taking your strawweight division. And so, honestly, the biggest star, Cyborg, if they're able to work out a deal, they would have taken her, too. So, it's just amazing to me if Invicta can really survive and function at this point, given all their obstacles that they will have to encounter in 2014. I think they're a great organization. Um, but I think for Invicta, I think they got to be honest with themselves and really face the facts here as to what do they want to be in the MMA environment. I mean, do they want to be a feeder system? Do they strive to be something more? 
I just think you can't play this middle ground and say we're going to be the best women's organization and then allow the UFC to take all your women's fighters. That doesn't really make any sense. You can't really straddle the fence on both sides. So we'll have to wait and see there. And also, kind of passing to Invicta in the UFC, um, it's first, of course, as I mentioned earlier, the UFC is adding its strawweight division. So far, they've added 11 fighters officially. Um, unofficially, it could be as high as 20. Um, and they will compete on the 20th edition of the Domestic Ultimate Fighter, premiering in September. It will be all women, 115-pound strawweight division. The winner will be the first UFC strawweight champion. Um, this has never been done before. Um, the UFC did a comeback season in which the winner got a title shot in, its, in either the welterweight or middleweight division, but it was never to crown the first ever champion. So looking forward to that season in September. Um, the only bad thing for these women is really they start taping in April, so you're on the shelf after these fights for a really, really long time until December 2014. Excuse me. So, you know, the exposure is huge. You know, the national media attention is huge, but you're taking a big, you're paying the price by, you know, living in the house, you know, dealing with all um, those obstacles and also being active for a while. So we'll have to see how that plays out in 2014. Holly Holm got her victory over Angela Hayes. Looked very impressive, very conservative win, but nevertheless, you know, Holly Holm, premier striker, looked very good. Um, got a takedown. Um, people said that she was in trouble. Uh, it's kind of ridiculous. It's because somebody has a knee bar on you doesn't mean that she was in trouble by any means. Holly Holm looks fine. Her kicks look spectacular. Um, interesting enough, she's looking for six figures from the UFC. Um, looks like they're making a power play here. Uh, before this fight, um, it was known that she only had two more fights on her Legacy SC deal um, left. And now, all of a sudden, they want a UFC deal that's six figures. Um, it's very interesting that they're making this kind of power play um, in terms of money figures. We have not heard Dana White's response to this. Aaron Hawani, surprisingly, he's been, you know, he brought up Holly Holmes' name before. I didn't ask him at the, at the uh, pre-fight press conference, so we'll still have to wait. Or response from Dana White, maybe at the media scrum this weekend, we'll have to wait and see. But with Holly Holm, the thing is that she's had a great boxing career, and she does deserve to be rewarded. At the same time, you can't play kind of money ball with Dana White. And ultimately, if you request too much money, he won't want to sign you. I mean, we saw that with Ben Askren, we saw that with several fighters, that ultimately, if they can't come to a deal, Dana White is fine and kind of letting you go. Um, fights for some other promotion. So, to me, what's the bigger concern? The six figures is kind of bizarre to me, but I, I think she deserves it. What's kind of bizarre is this title fight business. Um, apparently, if they can't work out a deal with the UFC, they already have a deal signed up for her next fight, which will be a five-round title fight in March. Um, pretty bizarre, considering really this is going to be some made-up made world title. That's pretty much, you know, frivolous. I I think it's kind of disrespectful to the sport to just make up a world title. Um, I get it with Legacy. You know, any other small regional MMA promotion, that makes sense because you're trying to build a division. <clears throat> but, the you know, she fought for Havoc MMA this past weekend. If not, to my knowledge, that was her first show or maybe second in terms of this being in New Mexico here. That's not really a world title. And, I don't know, it just seems to me they're just trying to get her five rounds without... Her fighting in a regional promotion, which 
To me, if she's looking for a five-round title fight, she could fight in, in Invicta. <laughs> easily, she'd be the number one contender there. And easily, she can get her five rounds against Lauren Murphy, who's a tough fighter. Who really was he hung tough there with Miriam Nakamoto. Give Lauren Murphy credit. I think that's a great test for Holly Instead of just fighting, you know, this, you know, new title that really has no relevance on her career ultimately. So with Holly, it's gonna be fairly interesting to see when it comes to the you know negotiating table what really happens here with her career. A couple more minutes here and then I'll let you guys go and I'll let you listen to the Earthline Lara and Victor Ortiz interview that Jorge conducted in Brooklyn this past weekend. Um, USC fight night this past weekend. Um, everybody's talking about fight, the fight of the year nominee Mark Hunt defeating, excuse me, Mark Hunt versus Antonio Silva. There was no winner. It went to a majority draw, 48-47, 47-47, 47-47. An unbelievable fight, a back-and-forth war. <coughs> excuse me. Um, to me, this is one of the a top heavyweight fight. I'm having lots of heart, lots of perseverance. Um, to me, I like, you know, both the Evan Flozo fight. If it's kind of sloppy, um, I think that's okay to me because the fight's still compelling enough because both guys had their times that they were about to finish their opponent and couldn't, and the other guy came back, and I just think that made for really spectacular television. So I understand Mark Hunt suffered a couple injuries. And he's going to be out for a while. And really the heavyweight division, Cain Velasquez announced that he needs surgery and his herniated disc. He's going to be out for most of 2014. So really the heavyweight division is going to be on ice, unfortunately. And really, this might save Alistair Overeem's career here, even Frank Mir. Um, that makes that match, you know, less important in terms of their employment. Because really, the UFC needs both their guys, both those guys, excuse me, in the UFC. I mean, you saw Mark Hunt. <laughs> this guy was dead to rights, and he has revived his career. So certainly, Frank Mir... And also Overeem, I think we all agree, probably more talented than Mark Hunt. Um, they have the opportunity to really save their career as well. So with Cain Velasquez's injury, Jaren DeSantis is still on the shelf here. It's imperative, I think, to keep both Alistair and Frank Mir on the roster. I'm also on this UFC Fight Night 33 card. Richard Shogun Hill got a huge victory, defeating James Tahuna. Uh, a great left hook, knocked out Tahuna. Um, he really gets back on track in a light heavyweight division. Ryan Bader annihilated Anthony Paroche, um, 30 27, 30 27, 30 26 in round three. Um, also, Julie Kedzie trained at Jackson MMA, um, got her victory over Beth Correa, split decision 29 28, 28 29, 29 28 in round three. Really, that whole car is pretty entertaining. Um, and really, it transitions to this weekend's UFC. On Fox 9 card, this card's been hit with injuries. Still a fun night of fights. I'm still pretty pumped up for it. Demetrius Johnson taking on Joseph Benavides. This was supposed to be Anthony Pettis against Josh Thompson, but Anthony Pettis got hurt. And then in the past couple of weeks, Matt Brown suffered his injury. Um, he's supposed to fight Carlos Condit. Um, if you watch the Holly Holmes card that was on our website, you actually saw Carlos Condit enter the cage and hype this fight. Unfortunately, that fight's not going to happen. It's going to be Carlos Condit on the shelf um, until early 2014 so they can reschedule a fight for him. My understanding is he's in shape, he's ready to go, but has no opponent. Um, also, this card features Uriah Thayer versus Michael, Michael McDonald. 
Nick Lentz versus Chad Mendez. Um, this fight's pretty much getting all the attention because of their hostility at the press conference. And Matt Danzig taking on Joe Lozon. That fight gets promoted from the prelim card to the main card. Um, Edson Barboza takes on Danny Castillo. Um, you take a look. Team Alpha Male is really dominating this card here. They really own the UFC on Fox card. And really, this is Joseph Benavidez, you know. Benavidez, even within the New Mexico media, doesn't really get tailored from Las Cruces, New Mexico, because he trains out in California so often. But he wears Las Cruces, New Mexico on his trunks. And I think it's time for New Mexico to start acknowledging this guy here. And he's been fighting for a world title here against Demetrius Johnson. Um, this is a do-or-die fight for Joseph Benavidez. He fought Johnson once. He's lost. He fought Dominic Cruz twice. Lost both of those fights. He, he needs this one badly. I mean, really, you know, Demetrius Johnson kind of reminds me a lot of Benson Henderson. Really, really, really good fighter, but not spectacular. And really has kind of an unorthodox style. And if you can figure it out, it's possible for him to be beat. So we'll have to wait and see there. A very entertaining card for UFC on Fox 9 going down tomorrow. The prelims get started at 3 o'clock Mountain Time on Fox Sports 1. And then the main card gets started at 6 o'clock Mountain Time, 8 o'clock Eastern on Fox. That's going to wrap up the show. Um, we'll break down Mark, excuse me, Adrian Broner against <coughs> Marcos Madonna next weekend. Also, next week, excuse me, on next week's show. Um, also, we'll break down Jorge Hernandez's trip to Brooklyn, his thoughts on Austin Trout, Paul Malinaji being at the Barclays Center. <laughs> this is the entire experience. He went to the uh, Brooklyn Nets New York Knicks game. So he'll get, we'll get all his thoughts on the Brooklyn experience. And of course, we'll break down Adrian Broner. Versus Marcus Madonna. It'll be a boxing heavy show. We have a lot to catch up in the boxing world. But I thought I'd give you another update here. Once again, we're about two hours, 30 minutes away from George St. Pierre's press conference at the time of this recording. We'll have to wait and see on George St. Pierre's retirement. Again, you can get in touch with the Low Blow always <clears throat> on Facebook. Just type in Low Blow Podcast. Also, we're on Twitter, very active on there, active on social media at the Low Blow. Also, I have a Twitter handle as well, just in time 16. Jorge Hernandez at Jorge, Jorge Hernandez is at Jorge De Birthday. Um, if you're confused about the spelling, just go to the low blow Twitter handle. And we've, we've retweeted his Twitter handle a couple of times. You'll see his Twitter handle right at the top there. So you can follow him as well. Also, of course, we're available on the Stitcher Radio app and on iTunes. <clears throat> and, of course, get in touch with Five Fans Radio through Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Ustream, and on Spreaker. So right now, I'm going to take you to a couple of interviews Jorge did with Erislani Lara and Victor Ortiz. Um, Lara discussing his victory over Trout and Victor Ortiz discussing, you know, his acting career, his future plans in boxing with Jorge. So I guess for myself, Justin Goodrum, you've been listening to episode 171 of the Low Blow on Fight Fans Radio, SouthwestFight.com and USCombatsports.com. We'll be back on the air live next week and if everything goes smoothly stay tuned for maybe another bonus episode this weekend we'll see y'all later enjoy the fights what here on this with the low blow and southwest fight news here with erislandi lara erislandi congratulations on your victory uh were you surprised that trout didn't change his game plan no no te sorprendido porque eso fue lo que trabajamos he said, nah, he wasn't surprised at all because, you know, that's what we worked on. I told him I was going to take it in my world. That's exactly where I took him. And he couldn't adjust to nothing I had for him. 
at any time did was Trout able to land any solid shots? He said never, never hit him one, once with no good shots. He, those head busts on this side, on the other side, he blocked his right hook a lot and he was getting scraped with his own, uh, with his own tape. But other than that, he never got hit. Did it surprise him of how much he was able to, I guess, <laughs> Put, you know, put on a clinic in this fight? Tú estás tan tan sorprendido, tú estás sorprendido del trabajo que tú hiciste tú mismo dominarlo tan fácil. No, pues no estamos sorprendidos, eso trabajamos en el gym, eso fue un trabajo que hicimos bien duro y, y salió como esperábamos. No, he wasn't surprised at all. He knew he was going to dominate him, that's what we worked out in the gym. And, um, you know, we told him we were going to dominate him. Uh, we talked him into the fight, he signed in, there was no reason to talk, you know. Yeah. What were the words discussed at the end of the fight? I know that there was a lot of words exchanged early on, so, so what happened at the end? Dile lo que tú le dijiste en pesaje. No today, tomorrow. So that's what he told him in the way, and he was talking a lot and barking. He told him, don't worry, not today, tomorrow. Okay. And that's what he did. And después la pelea? Después la pelea, le dije al... Era físico, ¿no? No, no, no físico. Lo votaron por Danny. Después a ese le dije, le dije, fue... No, last night, today. Sabe que era que no fue que no era que no era ayer que era hoy. Yeah, all he told him is like, I, like I, thank you, man. He said, yeah, he said like I, I told him and I told his trainers. Um, and then I'm like, you know, there was no reason to scream and say I was scared. It's, it's not, it's not last night. It's tonight. That's exactly what he did. Now, every, is everything okay between the two? I mean, todo está bien contigo, él. Sí, perfectamente bien. Perfect. He's got no problem with it. You know, so obviously when you fight somebody, it's you know, have bad blood. And obviously he did a lot better against Trout than Canelo did against Trout. Um, another uh, guy in the same weight division, Demetrius Andrade, has also <coughs> been saying, what does he think about a fight with Andrade, uh, Demetrius or Canelo? You dominated a lot more than Canelo. If it's not possible to score those two fights, Canelo or Mayweather, what do you think about Andrade? We fight with anyone. He knows me well, 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 he says, you know, he, he don't care. You know, he, he's already beat the shit out of Andrade and amateurs. He'll do it again. And uh, it don't matter. It don't matter who he fights. He's not here to pick and choose. He's here to fight the best. All right. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. What Hernandez with the low blow in Southwest Fight News here with Victor Ortiz. It's a return for you here on uh, January 3rd. return. It's not a return. You what know, is I've it? I've been here. What would you call never it? left. You know, uh, um, people keep saying, oh, you're coming back, you're coming back. I never left. You know? Not mentally, not uh, emotionally, not nothing. I've been here, been in the, been the ring, in my gym, and other gyms. I just haven't been in the ring and on TV. That's the only difference. But it's it's instilled in me, man. I'll be champing all the time. There's no doubt in my mind. And during your year and a half break, of course, you came back from an injury. You also participated in a couple of things, Dancing with the Stars Absolutely. and the Expendables. Tell us about both experiences. You know, uh, Dancing with the Stars is great. You know, I met a lot of great people, made some new friends, and, uh, and a whole new fan base. So it was an amazing experience. Anybody who gets a chance to do it, they should. Um, as far as Expendables 3, I mean, come on. I got to start along side with Sylvester Stallone, Rocky, come on, you gotta start alongside with Harrison Ford, Mel Gibson, Antonio Banderas, Wesley Snipes, Randy Couture, Dolph Lundgren, Ronda Rousey, Glenn Powell, uh, Kellen Lutz, I mean, Jet Li, are you, are you kidding me? The, the list is just massive, but uh, Jason Statham, you know, I don't know, I, I don't even know how I can get any better. So um, I was out taking over the world while people criticized me. I think I'm winning. 
as far as uh, getting into this acting, was that always a goal of yours? How did that come no, about? No, it just kind of happened, you know. Uh, I got signed to Gersh Agency, and uh, it just they offered me some things, and I said, dude, absolutely, yes, sir. I don't, you can't fight anyways. I don't have a clearance. And finally, they called me, and they said, How, what do you think of Expendables 3? I said, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sure enough, they're, uh, they're spot on. Yeah, what do you think about this fight January 30th against you know, a tough Luis Colazzo? You know, Luis Colazzo's no joke. I know him that from day one. I've known it since they offered me the fight. Um, but I'm not one of your typical fighters that dodges people, that hides. I'm not one of those. Um, so, you know, hey, I know what I'm in for. I know what I got to do. So I won't be leaving Barclays Center January 30th without a victory. Simple as that. As far as this disrespect that you've been getting, do you feel that you just have to go on a terror to gain this, you know, I guess respect back, or what does what that do to you mentally? I don't care about people respecting me nowadays. I know where they're all at. You know, when you're doing good or well, hey, people talk very highly of you. They praise you. When you fall, oh, they destroy you. So, hey, I figured out the formula. Hey, it is what it is. I don't need anybody to support me, because whether they like it or not, I'm going to be champ. Mm -hmm tomorrow, the day after that, the day after that, the day after that, the year after that, and then they're going to be even more mad, which kind of makes me satisfied in a, in a sick little way. Yeah. You changed uh, up your trainers and your, uh, as far as the, and your training camp as well, did that change as well? Uh, training camp is still in Ventura, California, out of Knuckleheads Boxing Club, and uh, I have uh, Joseph Janik, Coach Haas, um, and uh, Coach Danny Smith from Arkansas. So, uh, you know, we're in for a great surprise, a great, great treat January 30th. How did you hook up with them? If I told you, I'd have to kill you. I'm, I'm willing to die for it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, man. Well, pleasure. Victor Thank Ortiz you. against Absolutely. Luis Colazzo, January 30th. Thank Best you. of luck. Nice to you.